0: Feeling like a little Rihanna to get you going on this edition of DeWindy City Podcast. Jimmy Graham, the Bears' new tight end, is doing something that has never been done before. We'll discuss and a trip down memory lane. Favorite game you have ever attended, as we're all watching reruns. Stay safe out there. DeWindy City Podcast starts right now. Yes. To post for comfort. Oh. Lights, the city. The Windy City Podcast, Ethan Blumenthal, who's doing a great job quarantining himself. Actually, I don't know that. Are you doing a good job, Ethan Blumenthal?
1: I am taking it uh, very seriously. I am quarantined. Um, If you'd like, I can go into a closet right now to truly quarantine myself while we do this podcast. Um, Or I can stay in my room, whatever you feel more comfortable with.
0: What's the most risky thing you've done so far? I don't care where you do this podcast. I trust that you're in a safe place. Yeah.
1: The riskiest thing that I've done so far, well, I still have a tiny bit of guilt about last uh, two Saturdays ago. So it was yeah, basically two weeks ago. That was the Saturday of St. Patrick's Day. I did not go to bars, but I did go to my friend's, um St. Patrick's Day party um, with this, like, his family, like his parents were putting on. Um, and that was like the last. Uh, event, the last social event that I went to, and I felt a little guilty going. I was like, should I be here? There's not that many people here. I tried not to hug anyone or touch anyone, and I was like, eh, but um, there was definitely germs flowing around there, and it does seem as though one person, at least um, my friend's father, actually, I think he just, he got tested, and he has all the symptoms, and he might have it, but that was Two weeks ago now, and I have not shown symptoms, but that was the riskiest thing that I've done, and I still feel a little guilty about it.
0: So you actually could have it, is what I just heard. You very well could have it and are just asymptomatic.
1: I think I very well could have had it and was asymptomatic, but I think at this point, because it's been over 14 days, I don't think I could really have it anymore if I would gotten it that night.
0: Are you eating healthy? Are you doing anything like me, elite calm over here? I had broccoli today. I had carrots. I dipped it in a freshly homemade guacamole made by my beautiful wife. And I take I'm taking vitamin C. I'm taking vitamin D. This is gonna jinx me, but I'm laying it out there anyway. I got vitamin A and I've got oregano pills that the vitamin guy told me is bulletproof for you not getting sick. I mean, this is what I'm doing. Okay
1: um i so i am i'm being healthier so recently i was in the last like three weeks even before the whole you know coronavirus thing happened um my my roommate had turned me on to this thing um called a salad um and so <laughs> i so there's these you know these little salad packets that you can just buy at the store and it comes you know with everything you get a little nut you little whatever there's cheese some whatever the dressing it's all in one thing and I've been doing that, and it's like, you know, three bucks, and you're like, this is easy. And the salads are pretty good. I just never take the time to, like, want to chop up all the vegetables, etc. So now I've bought about, you know, 20 of those um, to just have in there um, and, uh, you know, to, to eat throughout the, uh, this quarantine. So that's, that's my health. That's what I'm doing health-wise.
0: Calm, 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 calm. I'm definitely beating you. Salad's nice, but yes. this I, I've gone upper level. You're pedestrian. Let's just call it what it is at this particular yes. moment. True, but once
1: we're once we're kind of going going head to head here, um, I believe one of us challenged the other person to a burpee challenge, and I believe one of us has so far succeeded, and the other one failed. Do you want to tell the listeners at home uh, which one succeeded and which one failed?
0: You've actually challenged me in two separate things, and it's I've true. been I've been woeful in both. I failed. Yeah. It's embarrassing. I apologize. And you're absolutely right. You challenged me to do a hundred burpees. I did five of them and that was two weeks ago at the park and there was no chance. I was, I was like, there's, this is nothing. And then you challenged me to the one push-up, order food out challenge to support local businesses. And I love my local businesses, but I'll be honest, I'm afraid to order out right now. I'm trying to go to the grocery store once every two weeks and eat at home. So I failed on that one too. I have been to Giordano's. Thank you for the, delicious stuffed spinach pizza maybe i'll get one on my way home tonight but i i failed ethan you're right you're you're, you you've been far superior to me on both fronts
1: that is true but i want to i want you to know that first of all there's still time for you to do the one push-up challenge and if you don't want to order out because you're scared i encourage you maybe there's another way to to contribute somehow to to a um to a local business and i can tell you that i don't know if you saw but kurt warner has done our one push-up challenge. Uh, Trent Green did our one push-up challenge. Joel Murray did our one push-up challenge. We got some. We got some big time. Sarah Spain did our one push-up challenge. We got some names doing our one push-up challenge. So you could be a part of this. You know, big time. You
0: could be a part of it. That was a very good way to motivate me. All these popular people who I want to be like are doing it. I should do it too. And great idea. I can easily yeah. buy a gift certificate to one of my beautiful restaurants that I can't wait to eat to eat at once we get to December of 2020 fingers crossed. It feels like it's going to be that one. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. Right. It's, it feels terrible, but Hey, let's uh, all right. uh, Challenge accepted. I will do that. And for next week's pod, I'll tell you who I donated to. All right. Great. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So now we're going to play a game. The first ever game on the windy city podcast, Jimmy Graham, is the Bears' newest tight end. The Bears have nine tight ends. Jimmy's the newest one. Congratulations to Jimmy. Coming over from Green Bay, did not have a great season last year, and Bears reporters put him under the microscope basically saying, do you suck? Can you still play? And Jimmy was trying to give very complete answers. So we're going to play the Jimmy Graham, you know, um, for me game. Now, he could have answered these questions very succinctly. He didn't. They were incredibly long-winded. And, Ethan, you are the first player here, and I want you to guess how many times Jimmy Graham will say, you know, um, and for me. And just to clarify, um is not an ah. It's a. It's, it has to be a clear um. You have to hear the um, not a pause, not an um. And for me, can't be for myself. It's got to be for me. And you know, it's got to be you know. So the first question, by the way, was asked, what about the Bears system proved appealing to you? What about the Bears system proved appealing? We're going to play the cut. What do you think is going to finish first here, Ethan? You know, um, or for me? So for that one, I'm going to go with for me. Okay. For me definitely.
1: That's yeah. I'm. I'm let's, let's, let's hear it.
0: How many for me's are you guessing? Uh, so I would.
1: I'm going to say three for me's and two you knows, and one um. Three, two, one.
0: Three for me's, two ums, and one so you two know. Two you knows, two, two you... you knows, and, and one um. Okay. Now this cut is one minute and thirteen seconds. Knowing that it's one thirteen, Ethan, do you wanna revise your three two one? I do. I do actually. So now I'm gonna
1: go with now it's gotta be a bigger number. I was thinking it was gonna be more like a thirty second, so I'm gonna I'm gonna
0: double that and I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go six four and i go six four and three ums. Okay, six for me's four you know, four right, um. guys, sorry. This is the last thing. Six for me's five um's
1: four you know's. Six,
0: six for me's, five ums, and four, you know,'s. Okay, I, we, I yeah. can't interrupt while we're doing this. So we have to play the cut in its entirety and then we can talk about it. All right? All right. All right, all right. Here we go. Jimmy Graham, the question was What about the bear system proved appealing? You do. uh, Which ones do you want to count? I'm gonna count for me, and I'll count you know, and you do the um. All right, I'll count you knows. I mean, I'll count um. Okay. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Jimmy Graham. What about the Bears' system proved appealing?
2: Uh, you know, for me, it really, uh, you know, it, it's just like Kansas City's offense, and this is the closest I've gotten to being an offense. That, um, you know, back when I was with New Orleans. Uh, you know, for me, you know, moving forward, you know, it was it was about looking at you know, what teams were put in place or what teams had in place uh, a great defense, um, you know, because, you know, you can't win deep in the playoffs without a good defense. And then um, the right system for myself, you know, that was kind of the biggest uh, draw for me was, um, you know, a coach and a system that, you know, use the tight end the way that um, um, the way that I know how to be used. So, you know, for me, you um, and all the conversations i had with coach you know it just um it just made sense to me you know to be able to uh to use matchups and to use a tight end down the field um you know it's just very attractive and you know because me you know i'm i mean that's what i am you know i'm that matchup problem so you know for me to get back to that and get back to running down the field and get back to scoring touchdowns um and you know helping the team uh push towards the playoffs um, that's what i care about
0: now what that was amazing that was amazing, that right?
1: Was, can I? <laughs> so let me tell you. So I thought about getting up to go grab a pen and a pencil, and then I thought I, I would have going to have a system to count. I was going to use my left hand for your nose. I was going to use my right hand and it was for me. And as you can imagine, it took me about ten seconds to run out of uh, fingers. Uh, I only have five of them on each hand, and it took me about ten seconds to run out of uh, fingers uh, so that I could um, continue to try to count. That was very, very
0: difficult. I I my I think I had twenty you know's. Okay, you had, wait hold on a second, let me double check my numbers. You have twenty you know's okay. How many and how many for me's?
1: And I think I had seven for me's.
0: Okay. So I definitely counted wrong on the you know's and I had seventeen, and for me's I had five. So I think you're right. Now I did I think I did a great job on that one just counting the ums, and I've got 11, mm. I got eleven ums. He definitely one thousand percent said you know the most.
1: Yes, there's no question about that. And can I tell you that not not only did he say it the most, it's an impressive number of times. As as podcasters, as professional elite podcasters that we are CARM, we have to try to say those words as little as possible. He did the exact opposite and he said them more than anyone's ever said them in a one minute and thirteen second period.
0: That's what I think. I don't think anyone has ever said it that much ever. He's incredible. When, it is incredible.
1: How do you call – What who calls – how do you call the Guinness Book of World
0: Records? What is the, how does that whole setup go? Because I think we should submit this tape to them because that was so impressive. Do we, should we do one more cut? Cause yeah, H- let's do one more. Hub Arkish – and I, I don't have an accurate count on this, so you're going to have to pick one and I'm going to have to pick the other. But okay. So Hub Arkish asked him basically, what, do you suck? Tell me – Please tell me that you don't suck. Are you any good anymore was the question. And this dude was on his heels and it gets, I mean, it's epic. So, all right, I'm going to count, you count, you know, and I'll count ums. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Let me, let me get this one queued up here for us. Hang on. This is Jimmy Graham. And again, the question from Hub Arkish, basically, are you still any good? I'm paraphrasing. You're going to do, you're doing, you know, and I'm doing ums. Is that right? I'm doing you know if you're doing them okay yeah and you can do your best account for me's but I'm just gonna do um you got you know because it's just too challenging mm-hmm. the guy's too incredible yeah all right here yeah. we go cut He's to incredible. cut to Jimmy Graham are you still any good
2: um you know I mean obviously um you know it's I am you know for me I'm still fast you know and I still have the ability to make big plays and um you know to uh, obviously over the last two years, it's been very difficult for me. You know, I think, you know, for me um, in my career, I've uh, up into this, you know, up until last years, I've never really, um, um, I guess, failed in that. You know, it's, it, you know, obviously it was a, you know, tough pill to swallow. But, you know, it's the first time I lost my job. Um, and uh, I work extremely hard. Um, I've sacrificed everything for this game. Um, I've given it um, everything that I have. Um, you know, and, you know, obviously to go through that, obviously it's difficult. Now I had the opportunity to win a bunch of games this year and I'm very grateful for that. And I'm obviously grateful for the opportunity and the friendships that I did make, um, uh, just up North there. Uh, but, you know, for me, you know, it's lit in the fire and, um, I know, I know what player I am and I know, uh, what I can do. You know, I mean, I think I was able to show a little bit of that in the playoffs, um, with, with some of the opportunities that I was given. Um and you know, uh after being ten years in, you know, I've I've only missed six games and you know, that's coming off of at times all kinds of injuries, you know, but I'm gonna be there on the field, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there for my teammates and I'm gonna be there for the organization and give them every ounce of what I have. Um so for me this is a great opportunity, you know, to prove myself. Um, you know, to show everybody what I can do and the type of player that I am. You know, um, you know, obviously I'm a kid that's from the gutter. You know, I mean, I come from nothing. So, you know, this and this opportunity is everything for me. And I take it extremely serious. And, um, you know, I'm excited, you know, to, for us to for us to get by this uh, as a country. Uh, and, you know, and so I can get back to work. And so I can march my way back up to the top. You know, because I always said, you know, if if I didn't think I had the ability to dominate this league, then I wouldn't play anymore. But I still believe that I have that ability, and uh, you know I'm gonna take I'm gonna take each and every day, and I'm gonna take each and every game to prove myself um, worthy to be on this team, um, and I'm gonna give them everything I got. Hard to believe,
0: but I think that one was even better. Do you think that was better? That, is, that was incredible. It's, it's this is amazing. Um, that <laughs> uh, that is amazing.
1: Uh, I gotta give me give me. Three seconds I gotta count I gotta count this
0: for me. all right. I I think I have and I and I guarantee that I'm wrong and I'm thinking of a new game on this that's maybe more of a radio thing like can you count because it's impossible to do like I've got to triple check my work maybe even quadruple but I've got 21 ums we almost have to pick the same one and count it together yeah
1: I agree I I got 32 you knows <laughs> G- <laughs> and my system was definitely better for counting this time and I got one, two, three, only four for me's.
0: Yeah, see that so, you de- you definitely missed for me's. There was a ton of for me's. No, you think so? Oh I know. He, I, he didn't say he didn't say specifically for me though.
1: He said he was like it, I he was referring to himself a lot, but I there was a lot he you def- knows I think still definitely by far takes the cake. I
0: yes, I think you know did win but he was he was vicious with the ums, and I'm telling you, if we, oh. ca- if we count for me's, if we run it back one more time, which might not be great yeah. for our podcast listeners, but if we just yeah. all count the for me's, I guarantee you he said for me at least ten times. At least ten. I do,
1: I do want to tell you, though, that I really did enjoy my system. I was very happy with my system. I pulled out a text thread. It's, it's my text thread with uh, my dear friend Mark Carman, in fact, and then I just pressed Y every time he said, you know, and f every time he said "for me," I thought that was a pretty good system. Now I just have to count my Y's and F's, uh, but I might have missed, you know, might have missed some of the some of the "for me's." So it was hard. He's he's it's a flurry. He's it's like Mayweather in the ring. I mean, it's just a flurry of, of punches there with you knows and ums. And there was a lot of double ums and triple ums, and then it would go, you know, really
0: quickly. The and guy, you he- guy, you're good he is and that one he had a lot of obviouslys there was a ton of obviouslys but but that yeah. just is like a complete game changer when you throw in the obviously too yeah yeah i mean michael I, I compare everything to jordan and back in the day it was always quite naturally that was one of his favorites and mm-hmm. um and he would always he would do the no he would do the the shake and the no and the purse of the lip but so a lot of his stuff was just mannerisms but this is another level. Imagine if he, if he was elite and they interviewed him every week. Would he get better at it? Or would he, like, triple down and become the greatest, um, you know, for me, obviously, guy in the history of the NFL?
1: I think he would uh, He would quadruple down. And I think, I think he definitely would get worse. I think he'd need to seriously sit down with a coach. And for the right price, I'd be happy to help him out. Uh, we should sit down with a coach to help him get through that. A speech coach of some sort to try to help him avoid saying those words. But it wow, that's that's uh might be the most impressive thing that he'll do all season with the Bears if there is a season.
0: Does it give you confidence that this guy may be underrated and there's a reason why he was so elite in New Orleans and perhaps Ryan Pace has tapped into something? Even when the rest of the NFL thinks that Jimmy Graham sucks, Ryan Pace might actually know something, and these um-you-knows, obviously, and for me's are proof that Pace is on to something.
1: So, I think the, the question we have to ask, really, is there's all these statisticians out there, all they do is running numbers. Is there any way that we could correlate for the number of times a person says um-you-know and for me's, does that correlate in any way throughout history to good or bad production on the field? Uh, someone... So the answers are out there. We're just waiting for the right crazy statistician to want to go and spend the rest of his life to figure that out.
0: It's true. We got to get like a Sahad of Sharma or a Chris Kamka, right? NBC mm-hmm. Sports that so Chicago, he could he could do something like this. We need an elite statistician. I'm thinking of Kamar Zaman, my guy Q. This is this and, is, Yeah. And I've heard I've heard, I don't know if you've heard this, but I've heard that
1: Whoever is whoever these people are, they probably are sitting at home right now with not a time to do.
0: Right. How many times so. can Christopher Comca look up another baseball stat? He had a great one today, by the way. The leading home run hitters at each spot in the lineup. I don't know if you follow Comca, but this was interesting.
1: I don't, but maybe I should on Twitter.
0: Yeah, he does great work. All right. So okay. his tweet was one through nine. Ryan Sandberg still holds the baseball record for most home runs in the two spot. You should know that, Ethan. Delivered. Oh, I did
1: see that. Oh, I did see that. The, the one through nine most home runs by batting order.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. I th- I, th- I thought that right. was. I mean, who, that that sh- that shows you have a lot of time on your hands. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: so that was that was Ricky Henderson, Ryan Sandberg, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig. I'm just this is off memory because I just looked at that uh, a little bit before we got on the phone. So.
0: So before Something you like that, right? before you go, and maybe we'll do the Jimmy Graham game again ne- next week, and play one more cut for Bibb, and see if we've we've figured this out better. Uh, we talked about you telling me the favorite sporting event that you've ever been to, because all we're seeing on TV right now is reruns. Today I watched Villanova and Georgetown. Huge respect for Pat Ewing, even though he lost that game to Ed Pickney, Raleigh Massimino and some Villanova Wildcats who apparently were on cocaine during the game. I believe Dwayne McClain had done coke before the game. i got to look up that article. But Pat was something, man. I was not at that game, but I was at some of the games that are being replayed, including a bunch of the Bulls games. And I know the Marquee Network is replaying the Cubs World Series games and whatnot. So, Ethan Blumenthal, in your incredible sports career, what was the greatest game you were ever at in person?
1: So so there's a couple, right? So I'll have to say, and this one is really foggy for me because I was born, Carm, in 1991, October of 91. So, for instance, I don't remember the, the Patrick Ewing-Villanova-Georgetown game, but uh, I went to September 13th, 1998, and I was just talking about it with my brother, Remember that nineteen ninety-eight. What happened on that day? Do you know, Carl?
0: So I think it was a Sunday afternoon, and it was the Milwaukee Brewers and the Cubs, and Sosa tied McGuire.
1: That is correct. But not only did he tie McGuire, so he hit sixty-one and sixty-two. and I remember, I was with my two older brothers and my dad, and we were at the game, sitting down, uh, sitting down the right field line, some kind of behind, near the Milwaukee bullpen. Obviously, uh, for the for the younger crowd out there in the old days. The, the bullpens were out on the field in Wrigley Field. Do you remember those days, Tom? Yeah, I, I do, Ethan. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you yeah. very much. So so I remember. So Sosa hit sixty one earlier in the game, and then it was a crazy game, and and in the bottom of the, in the bottom of the ninth, Cubs are down ten to eight. Sosa comes up, and Eric Plunk got in the game, and that was for some reason my biggest memory of the game. Remember, I was six years old, turning seven in in uh, turning seven in October. And this might have be been my very first actual sports memory of going to an actual game that I can really, really remember. And I remember Eric Plunk went to the game in the bottom of the ninth and everyone for some we were all giving Eric Plunk a hard time and it's something about his name and it's like, oh Sosa's gonna do it, plunk him, plunk him, Sosa and everyone's screaming and then Sosa comes up and he hits sixty two on the wavelength and it was absolute mamma shot. Everything the crowd goes wild and the Cubs are down ten to nine and then me and my brother actually just just today, we found that clip on YouTube and rewatched those last couple innings. And then, so Sosa hits it there, and then uh, Henry Blanco hits a hits a double, and then Gary Gaetti. You remember Gary Gaetti? I love Gaetti. Gary Gaetti ground ball up the middle ties the game, and then in the tenth, my guy number seventeen, Mark Grace, boom, home run, right field line, walk off tenth inning, and that was in the midst of this heated wildcard race in 1998 when they ended up did going, they ended up making the playoffs and it was this crazy game. So hit 61 and 62. the McGuire grace with the walk-off home run. I mean, whew, I mean, that was a hell of a game.
0: Should we play the call of 62? I think we should. Oh, absolutely. Hang on. I, I mean, got, got to get it. About it I got to get now. I got to find it here. I'm, I'm, I'm Googling it. I'm YouTubing it right now. Sammy. So 62nd home run. Here we go. All right, let's see if this works. Uh, Sosa joins McGuire, passes Maris. I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work. Hang on a second here. Let's see if it works. And that is true. That's Eric Plunk, 39 on the mound. <laughs> All right, three, two, one. 2, Sammy. The 2-1. Swap on, there she goes. Number 62. there is seven zillion people running down Kenmore Avenue to get that baseball. Yeah.
1: It is absolutely insane. And it just, just hearing Chip Carey say those words again, just now it was, I mean, it gives me goosebumps. I want to make me want to cry. It makes me want to jump. And, and also I watched that clip earlier today and I just, man, I miss baseball. I want to go watch. I want to go to Wrigley field. I want to go watch some baseball. I want to watch it on TV. Rough farms, this is rough.
0: Let's hear a little let's hear a little crowd. This is awesome. They're playing that dun 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 song. Yeah.
1: Good set. There's
0: the curtain call.
1: He did like three curtain calls and it took him like fifteen minutes to get back to start playing baseball again. And then the next very next pitch, Blanco hit the double into the right center gap.
0: Uh, Jeff Blouser was such Henry a – I'm mean, sorry, Henry Rodriguez, sorry. Jeff Blouser, Blouser was, was also a backup catcher. I'm looking up Mark Grace, walk-off homer. Walk-off yeah. Brewers. Let's see if it comes up. Eight, 1989, not it. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Should we play Gracie? Let's play the yeah, walk-off Gracie. It, it. Here we go, Grace. Two up, two down. Grace sends a grab. Deep grab. Sammy cheering at home for him. Those two hate each other. Or at least Grace hates Sammy. And then
1: Mark Grace probably went back in the dugout and lit up a cigarette <laughs> the other day.
0: All those guys did. Yeah. Gaetti, Karchner, Morandini all in that huddle. Kevin Tappany. There they are. Grace getting carried off. Ethan Blumenthal was there. That's awesome. Yeah. Matt Mieske. (laughs) All right. That was a lot of fun. Uh, all right. Should I give my favorite game? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Go for it. Why not?
0: Yeah. I'm gonna let let you have this moment. I'm just gonna reflect on September 13th, 1998. Cubbies, okay. getting her done. I'll give mine next week. It'll be a Jordan game. I don't want to. I don't want to clip the Cubs because, of course, that's better than that because of the significance. But that was a that was an awesome day at Wrigley. I think I was. I know I wasn't there. Although I probably yeah I wasn't there. I did not the 1998 season was one of the rare seasons, Ethan, where I was not vending. Hmm. Very emotional. I was, because yeah. I had just started in radio, hard to believe, the naked truth about sports, and for what, I don't know what, it. I just, I was, I, I normally would have been at that game. I would have been selling beer like a madman or peanuts or hot dogs, and I vended the one playoff game that year. Which was Game Three against the Braves when Kerry Wood lasted like four innings before he blew out his elbow. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he he started Game Three, and of course they got swept, and that was a, that was disgusting. But that the Wild Card game was incredible. Were you at the Wild Card yeah, against San Francisco? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. wasn't at the
1: game, but I vividly remember watching it with the, with the family at home. And I would tell you, Carm, the most impressive thing for me that for the Blumenthal clan of that game was that you know when I was growing up, we never, ever, ever, ever sat in our own seats. I mean, I don't do it anymore either, but we never sat in our own seats. And that was middle of the playoff race, Sosa could hit sixty one and sixty-two. And so it was a packed house. I have no doubt that we got standing room only, but somehow we found somehow four seats, good seats, lower level Near the Milwaukee bullpen, down the first baseline. line. So somehow we managed to find four seats and sit there, and that's where I remember watching as number 62 sailed over uh, onto Waveland. So I don't know how we could have found four seats. It's hard, you, know, you know how it is. It's hard to find four seats. It's hard to find two seats, and the more you have, the harder it is to find. But we were able to snaggle to our way and find those seats and sit there, and you know that's that's the memory I can vividly picture where we were sitting. And as Eric Plunk walked out into the field just so he could go give up a home run to Sosa.
0: So that's actually very interesting to me. Would you go to the games with your dad? Oh, yeah, 100%, growing up. So, you're, so your dad willingly taught you that sitting not in your seat that you paid for was an okay thing to do in life. By the way, I'm totally on your dad's side here, yes. but some would say that's bad integrity, you didn't pay for it, you don't deserve it, and for a father to be willingly teaching his kids that, you know, you can get around things, some would say that's wrong. You know what I mean? You know, I, you know right? I hear what you're saying, and I think that it's funny because
1: with pretty much any other thing in life, my father would for sure agree and want to stick to the rules and, and do the right thing. And to me, for some reason, something about him growing up and going with his father to the baseball games and you just get some seats and you sit wherever that's how he grew up doing it. And that's how he kind of relayed, passed that on to his children, which we all now for sure do as well. I still go to games with my father and my grandfather, thankfully is also still alive. He's 98. And so every year we like to take him to one Cubs game because he's been a Cubs games since, he was born in 1922. Uh, so, you know, uh, that's so it's been passed down generation to
0: generation. Well, and the last so time I, that I was, at a, well, not the last time, but one of the times that I've been to a sporting event with you was at the U.S. Open this year. And I don't think oh, yeah. there's, there's going to be a U.S. Open this year, which is not super important, but yeah. yet disappointing all at the same time. You snuck into Armstrong. I don't know how you got in, but you had a and we were sitting behind the court had a great seat, which was not ours either. We had some, we had some seat in there, but we didn't have that seat. Maybe we had bought one. I don't know what we were doing. We had screenshotted tickets it, whatever it was, it wasn't completely legal. And I didn't think you were going to be able to get in and then bang, you were there. So you're elite at this and I'm very good at it, but I think you're actually better than me. And just to join you and your father's debauchery, my dad didn't lead me that way, but he went with me. And at old Chicago stadium, second row seats center court there was for those who remember and i'm guessing that's probably no one who's listening to this podcast but i'll just explain it anyway you would have a red the back of what was the actual hockey bench was the first two rows of seats there so the hawks or and whoever they were playing there was a back to the to the benches and so the first two rows for a basketball game first row was you know right there up against the boards. None of these are on the on the court seats. And then the second row was against the back of the hockey benches. And so I would look down there, and there was always space on this red backboard in these two seats in the middle. They never came. I don't know who these people were, but they never showed up. So I would sit there and stare at them for my seats in the mezzanine on the opposite side, Section C, Row H, Seats 18 and 19, Aisle 3 right there on the aisle at the exit in the mezzanine, eight rows up, and I would look and see if the red spot was open, and it would be open. I'm like, Dad, it's open. We got to go. And he would not want to do it because we'd be scared that we're getting caught, but when you got down there, second row, second court, center court, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, it was too good to not sneak down there. So we'd go at halftime or go most times halftime just to make sure they were open, and then you'd sit there for the second half, and it'd be the greatest thing ever. So Fred did it with me, Papa Fred. God bless him. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now I will say this though: if I was going with a girl, then it's a different story. Then I, I get deceased, and I, you know, we say we saying because I know that, I because I don't think that depending on who I'm with, I doubt that they are. Most people, unless they grew up that way, probably aren't necessarily comfortable with just getting perhaps the potential to get kicked out of the
0: seat. See, I, I, do, I do the carbonization factor there. You, If you're not willing to sneak seats with me, then we're not going to be good together. So I've had to do that, that with literally everybody. I make them sneak down. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not paying for 10th row Cubs tickets for you. They're way too expensive. But we can go sit down there, and I want you to come with me. And I'm very persuasive. So I get them to all do it. And now I get my wife okay. to do it. She doesn't really love it. In fact, she hates it, but yeah. she's willing to do it. It's 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 a it's you have yeah. to you, you when you find the one that's meant for you, Ethan, she's got to be willing to do that for you or else you're not a fit.
1: Yeah. You know, that's a that's a great point and I'm going to have to keep that in mind. So the next time, I might have to say I know I've been putting on this facade, but this is who I truly am and you see those seats down there right by the dugout. That's where we're going.
0: Right. So and she's got to be on board. Yeah. Did I tell
1: you? Did I tell you? I mean, can, I do. We. I don't know how much long we want this to go on, but I, I have a few stories about. Maybe I've already told them. I've told these stories uh, on a different podcast with you, but I have some more stories about sneaking into seats, and a couple of them that are that are pretty good. That's a great. Should we have te- timer should we?
0: No, I think that's a great tease for next week's podcast. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, don't let me forget. Yeah, I. I will not. Tease okay. for next week, Ethan Blumenthal's great moments sneaking in. That's why you want to tune in. By the way, thank you, everybody. I hope you're staying it safe. It involves
1: a record-breaking home run. I'll just say that one of them um, does.
0: Okay. My greatest sneaking of seat moment. I think I just gave mine up, but I'll think about it. I'll And next week I'll give my favorite game that I ever attended. It's going to be a tough battle, Beautiful. very tough battle. Thank you for listening, everybody. Appreciate you. Thank you to Jimmy Graham. On the mark. Uh, now, the Windy City podcast coming out every Monday. Stay safe, do your social distancing. Ethan Blumenthal, great job. Always a pleasure, Carmen. We'll see you next week.